Okay, important business before we begin uh, this episode and commence this uh, undertaking of reviewing this film. Is I need you to give me your best Bugsy. Best Bugsy, see? You crazy dame. Hey. You're all legs and no <laughs> no hands. No teeth. The only way you're getting out of here is in a lead box. You hear me? <laughs> all legs and no teeth. And all lips and no face. And all <laughs> shoulders and no face. You're a fucking nightmare, darling. I love it. <laughs> Bring that lipless, toothless, faceless head over here. You Cronenbergian void. <laughs> a lot of scary concepts flying around this place. I don't like it. <laughs> Welcome to the 1940s, see? I like my body horror to be straightforward and non-abstract. Like something about homosexuals or women. <laughs> you seen that great flick, Glenn or Glenda? <laughs> scary stuff. Really put the record straight, see? <laughs> Jerry Brockheimer, what are you doing here? Ah, I've been rumbled. <laughs> Cheese it. <laughs> that kid's got moxie. <laughs> Running away, puffing on his cigar. <laughs> Follow the puffs, fellas. Run their necks, stuff them, and eaten them. That's when we start counting. <laughs> I'm Paulie LaRue. I'm more hot air on last year's penny stick up. <laughs> and more incomprehensible thoughts on their way. <laughs> well, it has been substantially more than 10 weeks um, since the last time we did this, so it's time to get all the way inside of the history hole for another terrible 40s flick. Down the history hole. Down history hole. Down history hole. It's time to get up to shite. <clears throat> Down history hole, knee deep in shite. <laughs> Welcome to us. <laughs> Welcome to me. It's <laughs> Sinjin Lee Klaus. Jesus, what an awful name. It's Sinjin Lee Klaus. No orchids for Miss Blandish. Well, whoever's been sending these, no orchids for Miss Blandish. a 1948 adaptation of James Hadley Chase's controversial novel, and is widely considered one of the worst films ever made. Now, come on. Now, it's come on. It's not as bad as The Last Jedi, is it? <laughs> come on, people. Sign my petition. It's actually <laughs> to, get, it's to get me cancelled. So... <laughs> the Snyder Cut of me. <laughs> it's just a it's butt, butt's all over. Oh, God, all the butts. Initially, it was considered that way because it was too saucy and or violent. Then later, uh, because it's rubbish. Oh, more nuanced the best understanding films of the 40s. <laughs> Probably. Um, the the monthly film bulletin. What a lovely name, an old fashioned oh. concept. That is the monthly f- filmogram. Filmogram delivered by the milkman. <laughs> Written locally. Uh, the monthly film bulletin called it the most sickening exhibition of brutality, perversion, sex, and sadism ever to be shown on a cinema screen. Ooh. And I loved it. <laughs> I do it again. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, the Australian newspaper, The Age, Uh-oh. said, No Orchids for Miss Blandish is not only a disgrace to the studio that made it, but it also reflects on the British industry as a whole. The entire production is unpardonable. <laughs> and then, he pun- then he punched a kangaroo, drank a Foster's. <laughs> punched a kangaroo and stole a generation. <laughs> oh, fuck. Brennan, you're a disgrace. No, we got, <laughs> good thing we got nothing to do with you. Whatsoever. <laughs> British film industry no longer reflects the values of Australia. <laughs> Sorry, you have to speak up, sir. I can't hear you over the, the sound of you punching a kangaroo. <laughs> I apologise. No, no, we understand. Deserved it. Way of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had some. Can we have some? No. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> um, it was, however, commercially successful. Though not enough that any of these people ever worked again, except Sid James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Sid James. That was it. He managed to get out. Who cut a hole in this uh, in the wire around this film? <laughs> Sid James shaped hole. <laughs> cut around the ears and that hair. <laughs> oh. that he had since he was in his twenties. It's, it's a shame because um, I know Paul. You're you're forgetting Bill Nye. He came back to be a very successful, <laughs> popular scientist in the nineties. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him for doing that. 
Now, I forgot to update the streaming list, so I shall do that whilst we're talking. <laughs> um, Sounds good. Or you could, you could just vamp oh, for yeah. a while. Um, the weird thing about me vamping is that I'm only ever really good at vamping when I'm riffing off of somebody else. So when left to my own devices right. to vamp, you know, it, it, it's just, it ends up being an interminable draw where, you know, I'm, I'm clock watching in my own head and people are just wondering when it's going to stop because <laughs> it's just getting so sad and, and depressing. And, you know, people think I'm running out of pity. I didn't think it was possible really to run out of pity, <laughs> um, especially living in England, the home of pity. But if our audience ever runs out of pity, Jesus <laughs> Christ, we're fucked. <laughs> they really should just call it the pity, pitier on, shouldn't they? Because <laughs> they, they could they could pay us in pity points, uh, oh, as it is how I sustain oh, myself. There's another episode but, of One Good um, Thing gone up. Oh, yeah. okay. Let's um, let okay, all right. I, Let, let's do. This. They're gonna ask. They're gonna ask. They always. They're do. gonna ask, and it's. Hey guys. Just, you know, oh fuck. <laughs> how? See how fucking pleased he sounds that we're listening to him. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do? I'm just a man. <laughs> I'm just a worthless um, man. <laughs> running out of pity. <laughs> staying into the void. How's this vamping going? It's pretty good. I don't know what the fuck my spreadsheet decided to do with that. Hey, it looks like you're trying to paste a list into this spreadsheet. I assume you want all of the data to fill one cell. I mean, I mean, obviously. That's why Excel's so great. Because <laughs> you can view a box of text, um, like not at the ratio or font you wanted and also half cut off. <laughs> okay, there are no two men, even. Okay, but cool. Troy and Wing, you're fucking in here now. Watch it. Yeah. Troy. Watch your fucking selves. There's all sorts of trouble coming your way. Sid James is uncredited, though, so... Yeah. I don't think he's been in any of... He was in a, a Macbeth adaptation we covered on the other podcast, no. but so far as I know, not an OGT thing. Was he, was he the comedian in it? No, uh, Sid James, he played the barkeep who got glassed. <laughs> yes, sir. That's good. That is. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Was... I know the name Sid James. I just don't ever recognise the face. The man. Oh, he's got such legend. a great face and man. I love the man on Sid James. He's um, he's great. He's Britain's He has got such a great man. He is. He's got such a great man. So Paul, you button opener. Crazy dame. What's one thing about no orchids for Miss Blandish that made you want to bite the big one? See. Um. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good actually. <laughs> Um, Bill Nye, science guy, um, was in this definitely oh, for sure. The pointy playing... face guy. You're right. He does look like him. Yeah, and yeah. I just, I just adored his presence in this movie the entire time. <laughs> he was a wonderful man. Yes, he was an interesting man. I also thought Frank Skinner from certain angles. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's crazy yeah. and terrifying. <laughs> um, if if Willem Dafoe had adopted Frank Skinner and just tried. <laughs> over a couple of decades to make him look like William Defoe. <laughs> using his hammer. Then we would have ended <laughs> up with this guy. Um, it's worth pointing out that it is a British cast all doing American accents. And it shows and tells and, it, and just is. No, you know what, mate? Couldn't tell. <laughs> what are you up to? Huh? There are lots of other places, other countries where you could run a club. Mexico, Cuba. We could start life afresh. Gambling? I mean, what is gambling? Everybody gambles at something. You mean you want me to sell my place and go to Mexico or Cuba? Mm. No. You'd be recognized the world over. It's no good, I tell you. Not even if I, if I were your wife, Slim? Oh, darling. Well, everyone has a suspect mm. accent and looks very British. Especially national treasure Sid James. But there, there was that time, that era of Hollywood where... The like the the high caliber Hollywood actors kind of had English sounding accents anyway, True. and that's just what this is. You know, we stealth sent Cary Grant, who um is actually from Essex. Don't let anyone tell you anything else. And he was over there as yeah. his big American style star, star. Much like Christian Bale. Much like Christian Bale, we just stealth them in. Maybe yeah. they're Australian. Who knows? Nobody bothers to check. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what happens in in the Miss Blandish. Well, there's. There's a thing at the start, isn't there? Yeah, there is. They put a thing Fuck. up there. There's, there's, there's a couple standing in the shadows. A horrible, poor Whoa. kind of couple. Just disgusting, you know, absolutely loathsome, pitiable type. It's a good thing I've run out of pity. And they're just standing in the dark in an alcove, looking at Miss Blandish walking out of the door with her best squeeze. To man with a tash. <laughs> 40s man. Oh, fuck yeah. Well, she gets delivered to her some uh, orchids. Check yeah. the fucking title movie. I was lied to. 
It was a disgrace, wasn't it, this movie? <laughs> but then she says, having received said orchids, she says the movie title. Tell him no orchids for Miss Blandish. Oh, Expendables 2. <laughs> Love it. No more Expendables 2. That's a sentiment I can get behind. <laughs> but yes, she's dating her favourite squeeze, David Notton. Does it sound enough like Niven? I'm sorry, it's the best I can do. Is that the the MO of this movie? Novel coward. <laughs> uh. It'll just have to do. <laughs> My notes are so bad. I've written the note. Some rough types rough up each other a bit. It's pretty hard to tell them apart. <laughs> um, yeah, in the social distancing pub with the one-in-one-out rule. Um, various characters come Very in and time. then go out again while well, they've said their thing. The, the guy who I mentioned watched your Discord cut out watching Miss Blandish and, his, and her 40 squeeze. Oh, that's right. Goes to try and sell some information to, to the mob. The um, mob! Who I first thought were journalists. Yeah, that's, gonna, that's amazing because later on there's a journalist I thought was a cop. So, yeah, because yeah, he does have a gun. He does have a gun. He has a journalism gun that I don't think they let you have anymore. <laughs> it's, no. um, Ro- it's- well, after Roger Ebert, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> after he shot up that pub. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. We had to ch- really change the rules around journalism at that point. That, that pub they filmed Football Factory in. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. Shit, it's Ebert! <laughs> so, geez, it. Um, oh, no, Siskel's on the other side. Oh, Pins to movement, lads. They turn their guns on themselves. Um, Cisco don't Cisco don't fuck around with a shooter though, mate. <laughs> he just gets a bit of bar the same bit of bar wire he brushes his teeth with. <laughs> oh, I got I got loud there. I got close to the mic when I was talking about the roughness of Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. The rough touch so, of Gene Siskel. The name of my new album. <laughs> the rough touch of Gene Siskel. It's got to be the name of something. <laughs> fuck a town, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. So yeah, we've got there's a bunch of wise guys. The mob don't be- yeah. well. The mob don't want any part of it. I think they see it as beneath them because Ma fucking mobster is there and she's laying yeah. down the rules. I think it's hard to understand what she's saying. What she expect? Does he sell bonds with a guarantee? Take friend and get it. It is hard. It is tricky. So instead, our Weasley bloke goes to see a bunch of wise guys, and he proposes mm-hmm. to them the plan to half inch Miss Blandish's jewels uh, with a good yes. old fashioned highway s- robbery, like you might have seen under yeah. Dick Turpins. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Tur- the Dick Turpin's doubles too. <laughs> I'd see it. See it in cinemas now. <laughs> I mean, one of the guys roughs up Sid James a bit. Bloch! Yeah. Just gets him around it the head. Smashes him over the head with, head with bottle. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the journalist comes in and uh, he he gets very Terminator 2 from the Sarah Connor Chronicles on them. He looks... He's not like he takes exception to being spoken to by these ruffians and um, doesn't like it. He insults them heavily, and Sid James laughs along with it. So <laughs> he gets bottled later. Yeah. And there's another there's another crazy dame in there who uh. fronts all the money and okay, she has now, a job. We're gonna have some trouble with crazy dames because it was to my horror in the climax of this movie that I realised there were two blondes and not one. <clears throat> it was very disconcerting. Yes. It's gonna lead to some it- trouble. It's really upsetting, actually. Um, <laughs> where is Frank Miller when you need him? Just been born. Just born, um, but learning a lot. So, learning a lot from movies like this. So we cut to the um, we cut to the job, and we have a car. <laughs> they they use their car to almost block the way, and um, therefore accost David Notton and uh, Miss Blandish. Mm. Uh, drunk David Notton fucking punches the guy out very effectively. But unfortunately, a very slow fight scene sees wrong and number one, as I've called him, prevail. Yeah. Followed by guy with the best accent in the film coming. Not the best. You got Max's car, ain't you? I have no partners. No? Let's go someplace we can talk. In order to help Miss Blandish, yeah, she begs him to try and stop wrong and number one, but... Oh, you yeah. can't you can't stop him. Not when he's lightly kicking someone. <laughs> no, it, it would take get... uh, three very precise shots to the femoral artery in about three minutes' time to, to get that. <laughs> and then so with with the best squeeze dead and rightly so yep. um david Norton. he t- uh, he turns on miss blandish yep. and the other one goes no i'm i'm a man of honor we can't kill her i'm gonna punch her in the face rending her unconscious <laughs> hilariously her knock her out yeah and i'm gonna take her back to the hut and um force myself on her great uh, because so yeah. he's a proper 40s gent yeah so creepy dude uh takes the tiny gun and then Creepy Dude kills Wrong and Number One, the violent one, and is in turn killed by Best Accent. Yeah. Am I following this? 
this is this is exactly what happened yeah um <laughs> it's 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 wonderful it's it's very it's cohen-esque i think yep it's it's definitely you know. changing uh protagonist around in a way yeah that's very interesting uh, uh, oh. Almost as if it doesn't know who it is or what the word means. <laughs> Almost as if it doesn't know how to frame any of these characters. Yeah. No time for that, though, because we've got some more main characters to introduce. Well, we have a side character first, because we're going to cut to my new favourite character, who is playing with a <laughs> doll and having an epic moustache. <laughs> it's a fucking hick on the side of the road. And he, he's just here really to be aware of them at this stage. Um, but, oh no, Pointy Man shows up. He's an antagonist, probably. No. And he's certainly yeah. got a guy, lo- guy looking menacingly in a vehicle nearby that he can gesture towards when appropriate. Yeah, holding a massive journalist gun. <laughs> he, took a, he killed a journalist and took his gun. It was no mean feat. He's a legend <laughs> doing that. Fucking hardened warriors. <laughs> you try getting a fucking shooter off of Peter Bradshaw. You have to prize it from his cold, dead hand, sir. He got that one off of Gene Siskel. Which <laughs> is why he didn't have him. a gun anymore. <laughs> what do you think really happened to Gene Siskel? So... <laughs> Back at the club, the best dancing you've ever seen is going on. What a show, Paul. What a fucking show. <laughs> what wouldn't it. you pay to get in? Oh, um, fuck me. There's some intense eye work and a loosened tie, and then all sorts of wrong is happening in this bar. I think it's it's back in the uh, the club. It's, uh, yeah. Is it in the club they're keeping the woman? It's not, is it? It's in the shack from the Hateful Eight. It's in, it's in the Hateful Shack. Yeah. Um, which Igor is, is when there. Pointy Man... Pointy Bill turns up. Um, yeah, Pointy Bill just, shows which up. Which just gets in. Yeah, to rescue her, they kill Guy with the Best Accent. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. They threaten Igor to tell them where he is, and he reveals that he's in the only room in the house. Yeah, but just right, the thing he's standing right in front of. <laughs> the, the very thinly walled shack. <laughs> You'll probably um, hear him still beating up the Miss Blandish. Yeah. Calm down, Roger. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so then now Slim turns up, Paul. Yeah, Slim Grissom. And I can't make a better name for him for that than that for now. (laughs) Um, I will do soon, though, because I'm going to notice he looks like someone. But for now, Slim Grissom is pretty much as good as it's going to get. Everyone in this movie is called Slim Grissom now. He'll be here any minute now. Just two hours since Maxie called. Where is she? Upstairs. Spread yourself around and keep that nightingale out of my hair. I do get a little sad, though, because I know that the premise of this film is that she falls in love with one of her kidnappers. And I was hoping it was either going to be Pointy Face Best accent, man, or even Igor. <laughs> or even Mom. But no, it's this fucking dude, Humphrey Nogard. <laughs> if you can't recognise him from scene to scene, he will be rolling dice for most of them. Yeah. Why is he doing that? He's not even paying attention to it. Is that a nervous tick? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, he's very insecure. Aw. <laughs> anxious, so anxious man, Humphrey Nogard. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he's taking control of the situation. Um, see? Yeah, they kill... See? Do you see? He's doing it. Do you? Oh, no, it's just... It's right here. It's right here. And he's just carved a little drawing of it into the table that he was sitting at. Yeah. Um, and he says, what are you going to do? You're going to frame me? Is that it? Set me up for the kidnap? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> we were just going to kill you because it's kind of in our whole vibe. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed we're kind that of dark. Gang- but gangly vibe. You've actually given us a really, really good reason to kill you. Let's, let's do that. Ooh, me and my big mouth, eh? Oh, God. Who's getting myself into trouble? So, so with Muggins dead, yeah. um, they take Miss Blandish to a sort of a safe house place i guess i think so this is before they start holding her in the club we do go back to the club though yes. because there's a powerful performance of primitive man by lily Vo- lily von stupp yeah happening <laughs> from the beginning of time dames have been carried off by tough men song and story and rhyme tell of these take no rebuff men but when he got it did he want it each night you'd hear him say what shall i do with this mama i can't even give her away lancelot got hot pants a lot though he didn't care for romance a lot the damsel favors brought luck with them but when he carried them off he was stuck with them in all seriousness, though, this is one of the worst songs I've ever heard, and it's the best. Fuck me, I ad- adored this. Yes, it was, it, was ev- <laughs> yeah. it was everything and nothing all at once. It it got everything <laughs> right, but in the wrong spaces. Yeah. It, it, it was like you're taking oh, a God. test, and you got every answer right, but you just put it in the box below. So <laughs> so you couldn't have been more wrong. It was, it was great. Underwhelming delivery, rubbish lyrics. Just everything about it was fantastic. A little dance. Tomba, just all over the place. I, 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 could yeah. not, I could not keep time to it. It was fascinatingly impregnable. 
<laughs> so with that incredible bit of world building. <laughs> yeah. No wonder this world is so violent if this is the music everyone's <laughs> trying to follow. <laughs> what a fucking horrible alternate Lynch verse that we're in now. So so yeah, oh, fucking Nogart falls in love with Blandish. <laughs> Nugget, Nugar falls in love with him with, um, <laughs> them after they have some wonderful chemistry moments uh, with the very appropriately yeah. named Miss Blandish. Um, yeah. He decides to let her go, um, and eventually she does go. But it's so hard for her to go because of all the history that they share. Yeah. And all those great moments they've had together. And moments. so she comes back again. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. They spend a very long time focused on an orchid whilst this is happening off screen. And then just before the cut, they just decide to throw in the line, oh, good, you came back. <laughs> just, to, just to clarify in case the audience didn't oh. get it. Oh. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's some wonderful um, wonderful acting with the, the butler. He's really doing the work oh. of, of the entire cast. He's the one, the cook, the servant, the assistant, whatever he is. Oh, he's bright. Yeah, the French yeah. guy. He's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. I love that guy. And he's he's <laughs> everything to me. Today we've got a very nice sole morning. Oh, delicious. Then little roasted poussin with orange salad and game cheese. Louis, you're wonderful. But no ham on rye. What? You're some private joker, am I, lad? Madame, there is no secret from you. But please educate this moron how to eat, not just to nourish himself. What kind of a crack is that, you... He's tough, you know, Louis. Yes, madame, I know. Can you trust Louis, Slim? Oh, yeah, just about as far. Madame, I'm terribly sorry, but he can't trust me. No. Certainly not. But you may. And then we get about half an hour of, of back and forth between the gang and its various members of going, uh, look, I think me. we should kill her. Well, <laughs> I, I say we don't. Uh, yeah. All right, then. Yeah, and meanwhile, back at the Blandish household, the dad is explaining to the definitely American copper... Look, Mr. Blandish, if you pay, they'll take the money and you still won't get it back. Please leave this to me, Mr. Blandish. All right. That he'll pay anything, anything at all, all the time, just to get this girl back. Yeah. And there's some sort of finagling here. They send the jewels back, because she was wearing these jewels, and so the mm. newspapers run a report saying that she's been rescued, even though they don't have her back. Yes. But they know that he's now she's now with a man of some sorts and that doesn't count as kidnapped anymore by force well, she, law. She's written a letter to say that she's fine here. They're treating her well. Uh, so it's it's, okay. it's permissible evidence that she's fine. Um, <laughs> Said so. Yeah, so everybody rightly just lets it drop, except for the dad, the ridiculous dad. He just can't let it drop that her, yeah. her daughter loves a dude that isn't Humphrey actual <laughs> Bogart. Um, hi, I'm Humphrey Actual Bogart. You are, actually. Mm. <laughs> the singer and pointy face are having yeah. some moments. They say all right and okay yeah. to each other a few times. Quit stalling. What do you know? All right. If you ask, I'll tell you. Maybe I can help you out. No, I don't want any help. Okay. Who do you think I am? Your personal maid? And where's all your big talk getting me? Not in that club of yours. I'm a dancer, see? I got a career. But no, the black dice is too good for me. For Pete's sake, give me some coffee. Okay. Well, she's she was um, Bailey's got, um, yeah. man with the best accent ever. She was her be- his best squeeze and hers, whatever. And um, she's guy. gone snooping. <gasps> she's having a right old snoop. What's happened to my boyfriend? <laughs> Look, I don't know how to tell you this. He's, he's dead, you damn crazy dame. Why don't you snap out of it? And then when he stopped slapping her for 17 minutes. <laughs> and then um, after they slept together, because of course they did. Because of because of course because of course several uh, insults to the female of the species later, um the the gang decide it's too dangerous what old Slim Grisson's doing. The the gang decide to try and to deal with this themselves. They're going to get rid of Slim Grisson. Yeah, and um, any witnesses still better than Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Slim Grisson is just I I prefer Humphrey Nogart. Thomas Pynchon. That's what I'm going for. Thomas Pynchon would lie awake at night dreaming of Slim Grisson. <laughs> Look, there's, there's some more goings on. The mother walks oh, in. Oh, yeah, I'd say the so. The mother walks in and says some fucking thing. I don't know. Why do you bother to try and think I do that? Because I ran a mob and you were in your knickers. Whatever. She even in this movie? <laughs> we cut to roughed up Sid James. Aw. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been fine. questioned by police guy who's actually a reporter, but I don't realise that for another ten notes or so. Definitely a detective. He's got a swell idea on how this whole thing went down. A little something like this, see? And he just explains it. 
But after yeah. he's explained it, I still have no idea what the fuck it is that he's saying. No. Now get this fast. The Grissons caught up on them at Barney's. They bumped him off and took the girl. They've got her now. This punk's been playing you for a sucker to keep your mouth shut. And that ride he was going to take you tonight, it wasn't an addition. It was curtains. You know too much. The dirty rat. Barney opened up to me, but they got him. So I must have a witness to get the cops moving on the Grissons. I think you can do that. There's a lot of a lot of uh, 40s American slang that British people thought American people used. So, yeah. so it is very hard to think to, to figure out exactly what he thinks is going on. The detective, no, the, the reporter, sorry. He sees Humphrey Nogart visiting his old dame, who I think is the singer, but is actually a different blonde woman, I think. He clambers over <sighs> to the singer's room. Uh, she tries to push him yes. out the window, but he has a thing or two to say about that. Only it's quite hard to hear what he's saying. Bag up and keep your traps on around at your hat. Forget that door. Don't, but he's very, he's very wet now, and he looks very dashing, like in a Timothy Dalton way, with a yeah. gun pointing at this lady. <laughs> he explains that he's a reporter, which is news to me, mm. and then they have sex, <laughs> yeah. fucking course they do. Obviously. Of course. Because well, you, start, you start slapping a crazy dame, <laughs> and what do you expect? What do you expect? Next thing you know, she's all in your arms. All limp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mob are, clu- are cleaning up loose ends. Um, they're mm. cloning up loose ends And they pointy face kills moustache man In front of his British granddaughter It's very sad Oh grandpa, her arms come off again And uh, the reporter, I think Catches up with Igor And he tells the reporter, I think That the Grissoms have the blandish girl And then a rubbish gunfight breaks out And reporter, yep. I think, is presumed exploded by grenade No, reporter's, re- reporter, is, reporter is around Yeah, he's not exploded by grenade He survives grenade somehow And he shows up Yeah. And he walks in Gun in hand, suggesting that he always walks around with a gun in his hand, like any good reporter would do. <laughs> and he busts in on who I think is singer and pointy face. It's, um, yes. but I don't think it is. It's, it's accountant's woman and pointy face. You know, uh, okay. best voice guy's ex, who's with pointy face now. Oh, I wanted to replace pointy face with Bill Nye. That makes more sense. Bill Nye. <laughs> no time for that, though, because we're nearing the end of the movie. Fuck yeah. So, ju- journalist, the, <laughs> the fucking gun-toting journalist... Um, who does definitely have the wrong idea, but for the about what's going on, but for the right reasons because it's a gang. Yeah. Like, what forties? What's going on with you? <laughs> he says something about water coolers and then Dex pointy face. Surprised? So was that water tank? Now I want to talk to you. Yeah, but yeah. he's okay. He's um, okay. He's okay to to lead an insurrection against Slim Grisgart, who yeah. um kills him for his trouble. And, yeah. and as Slim and what's it go down to, a, to a, that retreat finally, to, or to another one, in fact, to a second dut. Yeah. The, the, he's surrounded by journalists. Before, they, before he's surrounded by gun-toting journalists, <laughs> there is a moment where um, Mark Kent is there. And sometimes when a, when a frame starts in this movie, you have to look very carefully to see who's holding a tiny gun. <laughs> and Mark Kent has one. Yeah. Um, for re- for, uh, but then they shoot her for reasons that I'm sure were explained earlier, probably in relation to curtains or beef of some kind. Yeah, or well, she, she's not the best gang leader that they could have had. Yeah, that's Bill Nye's. Not the chance. best one. No. In as much as she hasn't really done anything and all this bad shit's gone on, and you can't understand so, a single word she's saying. Exactly. That's, that's really been a barrier <laughs> to this whole operation. We can't stand it. Yeah. So Bill Nye confronts Bumphrey Hogarth, um, and he has the drop on him, but cunningly, Hoblart just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a left field approach um, And you know As a gangman You'd never have thought of that Is the thing That's, that's the oh, smart thing a... That's what That's what Bill Bogart knew By which I mean Slim Grissom But Paul, Paul Bloblart Didn't really plan for this though Because he gets out Into the alleyway And a policeman Just shoots him yeah. Oh fuck This is ridiculous They're on the run It's the final thing The police drive by A, a patrolman And say Hey did you see a black sedan With a man and a woman And come by here In the last five minutes Yes Okay follow us Follow you <laughs> <laughs> with a law what are you fucking asking for <laughs> or either law on directions oh look I'm glad that you're going to die later so then yeah they all surround the, the hut or something yeah. or some of them do yeah um, it, it's a poignant moment Miss Blandish is in there with you know Hogarth and um, yeah. they're going to have this poignant moment together and he's going to say yeah. here's looking at you kid and then goes out to commit suicide <laughs> by cop which in this instance it's one of the very few times that that's not code for planting a gun posthumously on an ethnic minority. Come on, people. Yeah, so let's defund. Kudos to that. <laughs> Kudo- defund. Kudos for that. Defund everything. But it is ridiculous. De- defund everything. I mean, in the most extreme sense of the word, you're, you are right to be suspicious. Um, <laughs> centrist. So um, they're, 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 they're surrounded and um, they go, okay, 
there's 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 one thing there's one thing we can do if you I can explain what, what's happened and then I love you and that you didn't actually do anything wrong. Oh, you've just, you just, you just walked out, hey? Okay. <laughs> oh, he's already gone. He's already dead. Yeah. A cop. So he's dead. A cop who's really bad at reading a room uh, congratulates yeah. Blandish on successfully escaping her kidnapper. Yes. You did it, Dal. Told... He's gone. Why are you? Yeah. Why, why are you crying? <laughs> he's dead. You did it. Well done. <laughs> well done, Billy. And guess what? Your boring fiance is not dead after all and he's here. <laughs> Turns out you were married anyway, um, <laughs> as part of his funeral rites. Why are you crying? I still notice that I notice that you're still crying. <laughs> Why? Want me to shoot the? Want me to shoot Humphrey Blowblart again? I'll do it. Look, oh, it turns out he was still alive, but that time I killed him. So that's great. <laughs> it's a good thing I did that. I notice that you're still crying. Don't don't make me slap you because you know what happens after that, and I've already got three kids, man. <laughs> Look, would it help if I was wearing his face? So anyway, they cut <laughs> forward, and surprisingly, she kills herself. Yeah. But um, look, don't worry about that, because the reporter and one of the blondes is going to get off of each other, so it's a happy ending. Yeah, and they're, they're a bit bummed that she's dead, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Crazy day. Back to the bar. Oh, oh, wait, two people are already in there. Truly, there shall be no more orchids for Miss Blandish. Except for the one that she's holding as a corpse on the floor that people <laughs> are trampling as they walk past her. Corpse. <laughs> Fuck this bitch. As they shuffle around... Giving her about an inch worth of leeway. It's the anti-lockdown. <laughs> Thanks, Fuck, New I don't understand America. Especially the America we recreate in, in Ealing. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Well, that was no orchids for Miss Blandish. An yeah. interesting history holer from 1948. Yeah. Paul, what did you make of it? I loved it. <laughs> I really I enjoyed every second of it, Paul. Really? It was glorious. Oh, my God. Yep, we, are I... such, we, we are so not on the same wavelength lately i know <laughs> last last week every sentence uttered just made me angrier unless it was coming out of jeremy iron's mouth and yeah. um i mean yeah obviously and and, and the this week one... before that i liked the spirit and you didn't um or at yeah. least i tolerated the spirit and you didn't yeah <laughs> there was that time i you like that Helsing. sherry and terry thing on the simpsons index i hated it <laughs> eating away at you ever since that fucking moment I just, had that, I just had that stored in my head as a time we disagreed. And uh, it just came out just then for, uh, for a moment. That was good. That was the bit where you liked Infinity War a bit more than I did. That's been festering. Yeah, it's, that was um... a nightmare. <laughs> um... It's all been fucking horrendous. And now it's culminating. <laughs> and we're going to have it out over no orchids for Miss Blandish. No, it was fine for me. I didn't. I was hoping for it to be a bit worse, I think. I wanted to laugh more. Um... Yeah, okay. But it was patently ridiculous. Very hard to follow. Um, oh, yeah. Ridiculous. And, uh, yeah. The frustrating thing about it is you can actually see there's a good story there. This novel they've adapted yeah. it from. I'm guessing this is a good book. It has a, a plot Probably, that's yeah. interesting. But you would have to make the characters good. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> there's a, it's a nice coterie of uh, unusually faced men, which I quite enjoy. <laughs> that's England. Some of whom, some of whom are fucking identical it was miserable for parts of it the, the, the journalist guy looks like he has no distinguishing features whatsoever I, I i will disagree with you there but i do i do, <laughs> do you remember the resident evil episode oh where i i proved to be a much better much more able to discern between brown-haired men <laughs> yeah identical white dudes yeah this has always yeah. been a thing with you this has always been your superpower it's, it's like the main reason that a, you befriended me, and B, <laughs> you just must have seen a use for it in in future. And then when I went, oh, Paul, do you want to do a podcast of some sort? And then you then you thought everything up. Oh my god, are um, you Emil Hirsch? Nobody's ever said that to me before, but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's that's how like as Emil Hirsch, you do have to be able to tell the difference between <laughs> yourself and other similar men. Yeah, other blandly faced men, which is not not fair on Emil Hirsch. He's not blandly faced is not the right word for him but um and that that's that sounded like a real insult and i didn't mean it as well <laughs> i really liked him in in, in a film but um <laughs> film he was but in. i i thought he he looked like the guy from yeah terminator sarah chrono sarah chrono chronicles which is... <laughs> sarah chrono chronicles <laughs> sarah chrono chronicles um it, it, very like hard-edged hard expression ang angular man the other guy who you call pointy face to me was just bill nye yeah, Bill Nye is good in retrospect. Humphrey Nogar and uh, Bailey, best accent in the world, has similarities, <laughs> definitely. But right. Nogar definitely did look like a soused, and even more soused uh, Hogar. Whereas <laughs> Bailey looked like a sort of 
um, should he was the I can't he even was get the dopey one in a comedy duo from the forties. I can't even get him to mind right now. I can't recall Bailey. I, I know the character. I oh. cannot bring his face to me. There's just a bubble there with um, to be completed later. <laughs> Howard Moon's pale balloon face on it. <laughs> um, so so yeah, that's sorry. That's a huge huge digression there, but um, <laughs> worth it. I did find it very very funny, and and for, for all the the, the just stupid one-dimensional characters and mm. nonsensical plot i did laugh for oh great most of it i think i'm glad to hear that yeah i, I just i think it's just there's maybe a nostalgia element there and it, it being sure. so exactly what a cliche 40s movie <laughs> is in my mind right and I, like it just it was it was what i was hoping it was going to be and, and it just was it had about 17 separate uh insults directed at women and, yeah, um, and 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 everyone punching at least one woman to calm her down. Yeah, um, I guess just just everything ridiculous from that era that you expect stereotypically, and it just delivered. I have seen a lot of forties films, and I guess it just kept reminding me of better ones of the actual Humphrey Bogart, yeah. you know, movies. There's your and, mistake. Um, there is my mistake, and you know, movies like White mm. Heat, and even British films, kind of. It reminded me a bit of. Um, Oh, wow, that, even British films. Even British films, of which this is an example, unfortunately. Um, that brilliant David Lean movie about the murder case in Scotland um, that was made in like the late 40s. Under the Skin. Under the Skin. It was really <laughs> about the, the murder on the beach. Was, um, <laughs> it was really, really accurately um, portrayed here. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> really, really Scottish. I'm definitely not stalling for time as I Google what the name of that <laughs> fucking film was. Um, and I've... I've seen a lot of information here, none of which is what I was hoping to see. Uh, Madeline was what it was fucking called. Um, oh, okay. 1950. Also, it probably ripped off quite a bit from this. Probably. I suspect David Lean saw this and uh, decided to base his film on Madeline, um, of the real life story of Madeline Smith on it. Um, oh, I, I, I know how I can make this better. <laughs> Got to get Humphrey Nogart. <laughs> so, yeah, it, 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 and I just kept wondering why aren't I more invested? Because there's some interesting stuff going on, and yeah, you know, I'm not surprised it was somewhat controversial for its violence because there's something very stark oh, yeah. and matter of fact about the violence in this mm. that I find quite affecting. And part of it, and this is going to sound like damning with faint praise, because it is, <laughs> um, the lack of vision around the violence actually led to it being portrayed very frankly. Like there was not yes. going to be an insert cut or a dramatic kind of you know, flash and a, and a cut. It's not like Hitchcock filming a murder yeah. sequence. It's just like a guy will suddenly just punch another guy directly in the face after a three minutes of dialogue you've been watching in the same shot. Yeah. And it, it makes it very sudden. It's kind of like the wire. <laughs> someone could just suddenly yeah. turn around and shoot someone. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, shit. They're actually going to beat this guy to death now. Yeah. You're getting a wide shot of somebody just gunning an, an, an armed man down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's dramatic. Yeah, it it really hammers it home. It's it's it was very strange um to see that. And like you said, an accident probably. But um, <laughs> well, still, yeah, still great. You can still have happy accidents. <laughs> okay, now we got to shoot the violent scene. Is the camera rolling? Uh, yep. Can you see the stuff? Yep. Great. <laughs> Cut. Bam. Wow. So shocking. There's a saucy <laughs> kiss that's kind of hidden by shadow at the beginning of the movie, and oh, it's like it's it's all. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's was, the one that because there was a Brit the British censors wanted a forty second long cu- uh, kiss cut down to twenty seconds, and I was looking out for it. It might have been that one. Um, it was either that or the one where the butler comes back yes. in and goes from being really happy to being hilariously outraged. Yeah, because they, 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 they continue to kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh Christ! All right, look, I, I will concede. Yes, there's some fun stuff in here. It's weird that there's the ire for it. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Modern contemporary ire. Yeah, modern contemporary ire that continues to ascertain that this is one of the worst films ever made when it's not irritating. <laughs> it's kind of weird no. the way everybody keeps lapsing in and out of a British accent. Um, yeah, but that fucking happens nowadays. <laughs> True. Um, um, yeah, I, I've been it's... watching Farscape re- a lot recently, as been mentioned in the last 17 oh, yeah. episodes of One Good Thing. <laughs> and it's, it's, an, it's an American-Australian um, production, and it does mean lots of Australian actors portraying people right. from all over the world. And just, and just getting an occasional like, stretched or like bowed vowel <laughs> in the middle of a word. Well, thank God that and sort it, of thing doesn't go on in television these days. And we just cut to Peter Baelish saying anything. <laughs> Chaos is a ladder. <laughs> Chaos is a ladder. <laughs> Chaos is a ladder. 
It's oh, I peaked there. I apologize. <laughs> Love it. Love it, mate. So yeah, I, I'd say Fucking it's it's interesting. It's it's not a terrible. Well, it is a terrible movie, but it's not laughably it's... bad for me. Um, I mm. wanted it to be worse. Yeah, it's it's not going to be in our top ten worst movies of all time. No, nor is it going to be in the top ten most compellingly bad uh, films, like entertainingly bad. But that was fine, really. I was I was yeah. interested enough. I kept going with it. I was laughing yeah. occasionally at the sort of weird furtive looks they would give each other. And just bizarre yeah. moments where a character would be in scene, uh, in shot for too long, and they would just have that wonderful yeah. little sniff of ineptitude that you look for in a good bad movie. Yeah, Ooh, there it is. Oh, it might be in my top twenty. Okay, enjoyable. I, I I would say, um, it it did have a good dull half hour in there. Yeah, I mean, for example, of History Hole, I put Babe Ruth well above, um, Norcas for Miss Blandish. Yes, I mean that was yeah, what a divine, what a crazy circus that film was. <laughs> But I, I would say I was more interested than like the Wild Women of Wongo, for example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's. There are some there that had its, had their moments, but were were just dull for the longest time. Yeah, this when it's not yeah. having a lovely moment of being terribly bad, it at least moves along in such a way that you can be interested in what's going mm. on. So yeah, yeah. It won't yeah. completely lose you in its more competent moments. Because at least it looks like a bunch of forties guys holding small guns. Yeah, at the very least, with their tiny guns and terrible accents. Uh, speaking of which, let's quick fire with our little guns. Pew pew pew. And terrible accents. Quick fire. So I'll tell you this: the orchid that might be the titular orchid because it's the one she turns down at the very Ooh. beginning, which incidentally was because oh, yeah. um, Blowblart was uh, sending them to her and he was turning them down. I don't know how he knew who she was. Anyway, uh, the orchid yeah. looked nice, lovely flower in a sort of yeah. um, plastic little pot, a uh, box. A transparent mm. box that you give to a dame. A lovely sassy dame. Sassy dame. I really like the music in this. Um, apart from not the musical number, but oh. the the score. <laughs> Shame. Um, I don't, I don't know if that. I mean, I did love that, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, I ge- I genuinely, sincerely loved the the score in this. I don't know if it was original or not. It had a bolero feel to it, um, and did remind me in, in a few places of Old Boy. Uh, oh my god! Now Old Boy will forever remind me of this. <laughs> Yay! Um, Podcast cancelled. You know that dramatic bit at the end, and I think it plays a few other times throughout the movie. This movie or Old Boy? Old Boy. Oh right. Um, you mean like Ode Sue's theme? Maybe. When he's beating up the thugs, having uh, taken a drag on their cigarette. Uh, uh, you know, at the end when he's um, when Thingy kills himself in the elevator. Yeah, that's the last waltz. When that, the last waltz. Okay. Yeah, that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. So yeah, it just reminded me of that a bit, and I, I liked. It just it gave a really nice vibe when I wasn't laughing. Oh, the introduction of the doc. Um, he's like the older guy in the gang. And his introduction is really good because I think when the, the, the young lad goes to sell some information on Blandish to the oh, yeah. gang, um, he's first met by Bill Nye. Right. And Bill Nye calls the doc over. He goes, yo, doc. Uh, <laughs> yo, doc. Yeah, he says, yo, doc. <laughs> um, and, and, the, and he sort of <laughs> murmurs and comes to, up to the foreground. Yeah. Take this, will you? <laughs> and murmurs again as he wanders off. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah, the nice like one, one, two there. <laughs> Your murmur one, two. Never, never forget it. Never forget it. Um, the dancers, the dancers at the club oh. doing the weird foot jangling dance, and then the guy gets up and does some crazy shit. It was um, yeah, it was an mm. interesting dance number from the two of them. I do like the journalist when the the damn punks rip rip into him, and oh, he yeah. just goes from having a fairly content smile to to death. De- death in an instant uh, before turning very robotically around to then start insulting the punks um yeah it's just just a just a fucking wonderful instant of cinema um instance sorry <laughs> gotta love that you can't can't unfortunately for an audio medium i can't really describe it it's a seem to be believe thing but yeah take it from me guys <laughs> it's, it's quite the best. a thing um okay i can't remember who's interacting with the blonde girl who's 
I think it might be the singer who's no, it's just a waitress. I think she's just there to be the waitress and she doesn't play any further role, but she's got a zip uh, thing down the front and she tells someone else, um, you know, you'd be making a lot more money if you had um, you know, if you were wearing one of these. And she says, yeah. "You got you're wearing that zip in the wrong place. It ought to be on your mouth." Mm. Well, that was quite snappy. That was snappy. Yeah. Yes, I really did love the performance. That was a, a ridiculous dance. Oh, and yeah. um <laughs> I I, re- I really like the stand-up comic they had uh, near the end. He <laughs> it, it reminded me a bit of Tommy Cooper from the way that he was. It was very self, yeah, self-effacing stuff, and he was like laughing along with the audience, but felt like he was ridiculing himself. And I re- it just it found it really endearing. Oh, is that so? You laugh. All right, I'll show you. Sydney Green Streets and Peter Lorre. Well, you know Peter Lorre, <laughs> the guy with the soft-boiled eyes. <laughs> From the picture, how clean was my alley? Um, and he also had a really good sense of physical comedy. There was this bit where he stuffs his coat, so yeah. he has this huge belly, and, and you know he turns around, and then when he, when he gets up to the mic stand, he has this yeah. deft movement he, around, like to position his belly to the side so he yeah. can approach the mic. Yeah. Um, There's a little pause before each time he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, exactly the pause as well. Just a really great sense of comedic timing. Yeah. Um. I just yeah. It's just so fucking charming. I really liked him. My favorite bit of that is the fact that um it, there was a lovely bit of anti comedy there, and as much as it was t- it was very time consuming for him to take mm. the coach, shove it up his front, and then come back, mm. and then deliver a line, and then go back, take the shirt out, put it on, and then come back and deliver the next line. And he would do that. Yeah. He would come forward and do lines like just um saying why. And then we go back and immediately start the process again. And then I yes, think the yeah. last time we see him do it, is he just comes forward as one of the characters and just sighs. And then goes back and yeah. changes into the other. And that's, yeah, that's a Lee yeah. Evans bit eventually. <laughs> he does that. So, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, just for fucking no. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. What stuff. a strangely capable bit to have in this film. I, do yeah. want, I don't know anything about this guy, whether he was an actual comedian or not. But I, I assumed James. he was because, because of just how much craft there was there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, and also, all, all the hero, I'd fuck him. Yeah, definitely, all day long, I'd fuck that. So the uh, mm. the singer in the second song is um, mm. wearing a really cool dress with like this gold wrap around yeah. the outside. It was like a really cool looking, yeah, forty style dress, and I liked it. Great. There's a line later on. I think it could be Bill Nye is talking to the accountant's woman, the girlfriend of mm. the man with the best accent. Yeah. This is great. Um. <laughs> And he says to her, oh, come on, you ain't done so bad. Oh, no, no, it's the, it's the boyfriend himself. He's like, what's wrong? You ain't done so bad. Yeah, done's the word. <laughs> I, I really liked that exchange. Okay. <laughs> I really like Louis the waiter, um, the French waiter yes. with them, who does a, fairly amount of, a fair amount of the heavy lifting and making their scenes endearing, because I didn't find they had any chemistry. Louis the really. waiter. Um, yeah. Louis le, 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 le waiter. Um, yeah, and he has one line <laughs> where... Um, she says something to the effect of, um, come on, you can trust him. And um, she says, no, no, my dear, monsieur, uh, madame, he cannot trust me. And that was, <laughs> that was cute. I like that. And there's a moment yeah. in their scene with him, actually, where um, he's left and they go to kiss. And the room kind of spins around behind them in a Michael Bay style. Um, that sort of shallow focus, um, mm. you know, high panning kind of thing where the foreground stuff doesn't look like it's moving much, but the background's whizzing by. Yeah. And it's really only there to get uh, Louis into shot. But it was still the most cinematic thing that happened in the movie for me. It was the real, yep. the only real moment of cinematography in the whole thing. And so I appreciated that quite a bit. I had that down as well. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, definitely on purpose. There was an exchange. I, I, I don't know if this was between the journalist and one of the punks at the beginning. These two guys are arguing, and one of them just goes, "If I want anything from you, I'll take it." And then he limply pushes him in the chest. See, <laughs> I do. Gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's journalist guy. No, it's the gangster guy. And he's no, it is journalist guy. He's interrogating Igor, and he slaps him, and the guy falls off his stool and smashes his head against like the refrigerator or something that he's got beneath the desk. Okay, and it was yeah, a pretty dramatic moment. So there's this one bit where the boy who goes to then sell the information about Blandish to the the like punk gangsters, there's a shot where he's giving this kid $100 for the information. 
and we have a shot of the guy's face mm. and their hands and the note on the table. The guy's looking nervous. His hand goes to take the money and we just see the punk's hand pressed down on the note. He gives a piece of information and then goes to take the note and the gangster presses down on the money again. Mm. And after a, another pause, he gives some more info. And I thought that was a really neat... Uh, it was really neatly communicated what was going on in that scene. Mm. Neat. Um, yeah. Uh, I like how Eddie, Bill Nye, just turned up all the time like a kind of michael myers omnipotent monster he was just there all the time very sneaky i think oh when eddie finds um man with best accent in the world mm. with the unconscious miss blandish in his car as they're as they're driving away um he goes he goes away to the guy that he's paid to sit in the car with a massive gun yeah. and goes what's a heel like him doing with a dame like that and then the driver goes I know what I'd be doing. Come on, I want to sleep. And there was no pause between those two lines. And it really made me laugh to think that they were connected somehow. 25 minutes and 30 seconds or thereabouts. There is the craziest laughter and then a hard cut away from, uh, from, from that to whatever else is going on in the scene. And it was just, if it's as uh, jarring as I felt it was, then please include that. You're going to twist your girdle one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the music uh, preceding Slim's entrance. It, it was dramatic and it kind of suggested that this is a guy that needed to be feared. <gasps> and then it was, as he appeared, cut to silence. <laughs> Which I found very effective. Uh-uh. When, uh, when Slim is deciding to not ransom blandish after all the the family are having this discussion and um the mum says slim's just gone dame crazy that's all but because he is crazy he's hidden her better than we ever could <laughs> what a fucking wonderful line that is <laughs> then finally the journalist when he's introduced as maybe the protagonist later on mm. he's going to save the day but not like our proper introduction of him then is zipping down that girl's top and slipping a note into a bra which is classy as shit <laughs> Gotta love that hero. I did think about him about how smooth his interaction was there, and how God, it was a much different time back then. You could just go to a fucking waitress and just zip the 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 shirt around and like (laughs) mess with them physically. But just the way he did it was smooth enough that you figure, (laughs) yeah, that probably would just be all right because he believed in himself as he did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he meant well, so it's beyond reproach. Okay, well, that brings us to the overall good thing that we're going to hang this on, which is that the portrayal of violence, as said, was pretty shocking at times. And um, Mm. there were a couple of moments there, like when um, fucking boyfriend, who who does look like David Niven and looks like just the standard boring hero who eventually will prevail over the gangsters, um, who are far more sexy and exciting. Um, He does just get beaten to death, and it's pretty graphic and horrible. And um, the way that characters are just sort of tidily disposed of, you could tell that this yeah. came from a probably quite good novel. Mm. At the very least, you know, portrayed this, yeah, portrayed this world of darkness and fret quite effectively. Um, yeah. Yeah, and every so often that would get through there. Yeah. Um, I very don't good. suppose you got around to asking the uh, one good team. I did ask the OG team. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did anyone get back to us? No. Thanks, OG team. No. The one better thing. So, yes. I thought about um, the sort of 40s gangster movies that were coming out around this time and thought about which ones I might like to recommend Mm. uh, the best. And I think High Sierra was probably the most applicable one here. But I haven't seen it in a while and can't remember it very well. So I'm going Key Largo (laughs) instead. Um, A film I saw at the cinema last year and just really, really loved. Was very impressed by it. And that has actually Humphrey Bogart in it. the genuine. Um, Actual genuine one. Uh, The fourth film that he did with his um, uh, eventual wife, uh, Lauren Bacall, um, after To Have have Not, um, The Big Sleep and Dark Passage, of which Big Sleep is probably the best, but um, Key Largo is also just fucking amazing. It's about a guy, he's an army uh, veteran, and he comes to a hotel in the middle of the Florida Keys uh, during a hurricane st- uh, mm. season in order to meet with the family of a uh, war buddy of his who was killed in the war. He gets to the hotel, finds that it's kind of run down, it's not at its best, and it's bu- uh, buckling down for the hurricane that's coming, 
but also more disturbingly it's been taken over by mobsters as they're trying to uh plan the smuggling of their boss uh what's his fucking name johnny rocco (laughs) into uh into the country and johnny rocco is played by edward g robinson which if you've seen double indemnity you'll know as the um the insurance boss there and he's just this brilliant or if you've seen um uh, little caesar he was the um he was the sort of great um mobster in that and he mm. that was the performance that inspired uh police chief wiggum so oh. it's very much that that voice oh fantastic um yeah it's a brilliant performance from him and it's just this really tense kind of hateful eight-esque story of um you know bogart caught up along with the kind-hearted run- um owners of this hotel mm. in this mafia story with these ruthless killers who are desperately trying to smuggle their leader back into the country yeah right and it's just a really good, very tense kind of movie. And I remember the exchanges of violence being very sudden and abrupt. And it culminates in this really excellent kind of sh- uh, showdown um, on the hotel boat um, in the middle of a storm. Mm. Um, and the whole thing's directed by Jack John Huston, who's one of the quintessential directors of film noir films. So, yeah, uh, having directed the good Maltese Falcon as opposed to the <laughs> one by... Um, uh, but also yeah. later epics like uh, The African Queen, which is one of my favorites, and oh, cool. uh, The Man Who Would Be King. So, yeah, great director, great film. I really recommend Key Largo as one of the quintessential gangster movies of the 1940s. Fantastic. <laughs> well, as for, for a good sort of... For a good time, call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've, been, we've been there. They know, they know the number. It's etched into their brains and some <laughs> of their faces. Um, but but for, a, for a good movie that looks more at the relationship between captor and captive, um, and is nice and tense. We may have discussed this one before, but 200 episodes, and uh, <laughs> sometimes I just got to remind people to see a film, you know? Yeah. The Disappearance of Alice Creed. Yay! In, you know, notably most for its fantastic performance from Eddie Marsan, who for once is just cast in a role that tests him yeah. rather than just playing. <laughs> Creepy dude or slimy man. Yeah. 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 This is a proper in, in Eddie this... Marsan performance. Yeah. I assume he's French. <laughs> Marsan! Marsan. Him and Vincent Cassell go carousing. They're the new Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> um, Armed and dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous opinions about everything. But yeah, and, and he really does bring that Siskel and Ebert vibe to this movie. He's he's him and this this other younger man uh, kidnap this wealthy man's daughter or girl from a wealthy family, and yeah. intrigue and double crossing abounds. But Eddie Marsan is yeah. a, is a terrifying presence in it. Yeah, and whilst. The relationship between him and Alice Creed isn't isn't one th- one thing that develops. Um, a lot more does, and it's just really interesting to see the the relationship shift as it as it goes on. Um, very yeah. very tense, and uh, and also a disgrace to modern civilization. <laughs> thanks, thanks every oh us. There's yeah. no one to thank there. It was just us. <laughs> thanks us. The one better thing. Paul, how can people also thank us? Well, they can start by repeating after me. Thanks us, but replace us with Paul and Paul. Because if <laughs> you're just... You. If, if, if the whole nation... Now, a nation united, I'd like to say, after the end of every one of our episodes. By pity, some would say, but I don't think that's fair. <laughs> um, if, if, they, if they were to all just independently of one another shout, thanks us, then not that much would have changed in Britain. But we'd know. Um, but once you're done <laughs> shouting thanks to yourselves, but supposed to be us, actually... Um, you can yeah. you can go on Twitter and say I was only arrested for seven hours after that. Uh, thanks, Paul and Paul, <laughs> and you, then you can do it on Twitter. You see where everybody gets to see it, and that's where it really matters on Twitter. Fuck yeah, it's the only thing that matters anymore. It's the only reality that I can accept. <laughs> you can choose which one you accept now. It's great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of, we have a Patreon where we get to get to fully cement our own reality there, and people pay us for. <laughs> Uh, the privilege which is lovely for our delusions for our ridiculous clowny delusions so thank <laughs> you for that because it's, it's really wonderful um we yeah. recently released a spooky let's play of Ooh. totally accurate battle simulator uh and we released spooky pitches for friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street yep um and a spooky and... dvd challenge with uh the lovely lovable boys at the simpsons index yeah with elliot j o ghoul yeah Guil, French for, for Guil, <laughs> and then and then BT Scaraway, scare, Scaraway, Scaraway, yeah, Hallow Halloway, then shite, and 
came on to 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 judge our worth once again. Although Paul has the hidden weapon of um, his family not having DVD my DVD collection. collection. Yeah, come hear me defend the Agatha Christie box set. <laughs> it works out surprisingly well. Plus, having two judges again with um with with as different a taste in movies sometimes as our opinions on the Terry and Sherry joke that one time in Simpsons Index, <laughs> March twenty eighteen. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't remember when it was. I do. But it was in our lives. I tattooed on my face. And you get to experience more of our lives on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Thank you so much to everybody who's contributed what so could far. Be You're the best. more rewarding than an insight into our beautiful lives? More to come. And our beautiful minds. Yeah. We're both being played by Russell Crowe. Yeah. It's weird. I'm Paul Russell Crowe. I'm just playing weird. And remember, the one good thing about no more orchids from this blandish or whatever the fuck this is called <laughs> is that every so often, yep. classic com- comedy legend Sid James got hit around the head with a bottle.